Hi, and welcome to Eat My Words, a twice-monthly Arizona Highways podcast that celebrates Arizona's unique culinary culture. I'm your host, Kelly Vaughn. For this episode of Eat My Words, I'm pleased to introduce Alexandra Zemesnik, the Executive Director of Native Seeds in Tucson. Alexandra, welcome. Um, I'm hoping maybe you can just tell us a little bit about the history of Native Seeds and how it started. Sure, sure. So Native Seeds was founded in 1983. Um, It was founded by by four founders, um, Gary Nabhan, the writer, um, his wife at the time, um, Karen Reichart, and then Barney and Mahina, Barney Burns and Mahina Drees. Unfortunately, Barney has, has passed. So they were working at that time, Mahina and Gary were actually working for a, a project called Meals for Millions. And it was, it was a project that was looking at food security and, and, and food issues here in Tucson and on some with some of the tribes, specifically with the Tohonotam Nation. And they, through this work, they realized the importance or the need for, for a seed bank. And at that time, when they were talking to a lot of um, going out into the tribes and talking to farmers and talking to families, there was a lot of concern about, about seeds disappearing um, across the United States, there had been a shift away from rural living and rural, rural livelihoods and away from farming, and there was more access to cheaper seeds. So there was this real concern about the loss, uh, you know, the great loss of, of agrobiodiversity of these seeds. And so that's, that's when it started. And the organization really in the 80s and early 90s focused on collecting. So the, a lot of that time was, was spent collecting from donors and, and donors, there, there are all sorts of donors, but donors that had had seeds in their, in their families that they were concerned about. Um, there are seed traders, the seed collectors that would want to trade seeds. There were trading posts. So there was a lot of collection that occurred in Arizona and um, in New Mexico. And during that time also, there were trips in the 90s, a lot of trips to Mexico. And most of those seeds, uh, the seeds from Mexico, that, that is about a third of our, of our collection. Those were purchased at markets. Our collection is about is about 2000. The, the vast majority of it are squash, beans, and mice. And then there's, uh, you know, another, there's a lot of other varieties, seed varieties and, and different types. We have some wild relatives as well. Yeah, that, that was a little bit of the history. Um, and then the organization after this part of, of collecting this kind of this phase of collecting a lot of seeds, the organization acquired a, a 52 acre farm in Patagonia, Arizona. Then there was the phase that of, of regeneration, right? So in order to continue to conserve these seeds, it's a process of collecting housing the seeds here at our seed bank and then regenerate, you know, checking the viability, regenerating. And then another big process that we do is distributing seeds. So for until four years ago, we grew our seeds at that farm. 
you know, and, and well, so we had the farm, we had the conservation, we have the conservation center here in Tucson on River Road, and we have a store on Campbell Ave. So we had these three locations. And about four years ago, we stopped growing on the farm and the organization started to pivot towards working with partner growers, um, growing some here at, at our conservation um, center garden and then working with growers from the region on regeneration. I guess one of my questions for you is, you know, have you seen over the the history of the organization kind of a full circle? And, And by that, I mean, with so many of the original seeds coming from Arizona's indigenous people, Mm -hmm. um, are they then coming back to you now saying, we really want to replant this, we want to reintroduce this into our farming methods, can we get some seeds, basically? Yes, yes. I mean, I think this has been a point of tension throughout the history of the organization. The organization is on the one hand, a conservation organization in the traditional sense. Um, And then on the other hand, it is also dealing with culture and culture and preservation of culture. Um, So many of these seeds represent, you know, part of the culture of the indigenous peoples of Mexico, you know, Arizona, New Mexico. so that that's a difficult aspect. I do want to highlight and a misconception is that the organization has not given seed. The, the organization has been returning seed from its beginning. Mm-hmm. If you go back, it had newsletters from the very beginning. And if you go back to the earliest seed head news, um, which are on our website, it talks about returning seed very early on in like the first year. Um, and for oh, I don't know how many years at this point, over 20 years, we've had these different programs where we return seed for free to individuals and communities. So through the Native American Seed Request Program, we return um, 10 free seed packets to Native Americans from the Southwest, living in the Southwest from, you know, tribes outside of the Southwest or uh, individuals that are from Southwest tribes living here or not here. Fantastic. Um, so that is available. And then we also provide seeds uh, to community organizations that are working on food security, seed sovereignty, farming, gardening. The, the kind of the mission of the organization has always been to, to ensure that these seeds exist and continue to exist. And so the only way that that can happen is for them to be present in different communities. Um, How are the seeds stored? Yeah, we have a cold storage and then a freezer here. And we also have backup at the um, USDA um, Fort Collins. That's where we keep our black box. What's the black box? So every um, every seed bank, uh, most seed banks have another area where they store their seeds in case of a catastrophe. So the seeds are stored in the freezer, which is a 45 degree walk-in cooler that houses the active collection. And by the active collection, those are the seeds that are both used in our um, online store, our our free seed access programs. And then we also have a freezer where we keep seeds for their viability and genetic character for an estimated 200 plus years. Wow. Um, And at the USDA facility in Fort Collins, Colorado, that's where we have our backup 
And the backup is in case anything happens, you know, in case of a catastrophic event here at our office where we have our, our you know, our cold room and, and freezer. Sure. Are there any seed varieties, and this is completely asking your personal opinion, but are there any seed varieties that you store that are really just kind of interesting or unique or even strange to you? I don't know. That's a difficult question. There are, you know, there are a lot of the seeds are rare and endangered and um, there aren't any particularly that I can think of. I think that in the past we have had seeds that have been very rare and been used, for example, for ceremonies. And we have, those are seeds that we've you know, stop telling and we've made sure to either, you know, not make them available to the public or are working with communities to, to return them or have returned them. A lot of those are very interesting, but it's a process that, you know, it continues recently. There was a grower here in Tucson that had been selecting for um, Tohonodom blue corn. And, and that was, you know, and we just were adding that to our collection. So it's a, it's a process of also continuing to add new and interesting seeds. How did you find native seeds and how did you come to work for the organization? So my background is in international relations. I studied uh, my undergraduate master's degrees in international relations, um, and I've worked my whole career internationally for nonprofit organizations and, you know, for the U.S. government, doing a lot of work in Latin America. So I've worked in, in natural resources and in conservation. I think the organization was at a point where it did need to strengthen how it worked with tribes and bring a certain amount of um, consistency, I think diplomacy to those relationships. And I think the organization, because of the time when it started, it was very informal. You wouldn't be able to do that sort of collecting now in not, not, you know, not only on reservations, but also in Mexico. So that that would be very different if you were trying to, to do that sort of collecting. I'm sure that's true for a lot of the seed banks across the world. The strength that I bring is how to work with the different stakeholders of the organization who are interested in the seeds that we steward and how to make sure they have access to the seeds and make sure that our policies are clear to the staff, to the public, and to stakeholders. So that that's what I have been focused on since I started. Fantastic. And, and I guess my last question to you is, what would you like our listeners to know most about Native Seeds and the work that you're all doing? You know, I think the interesting thing about our collection, it's one of the few collections. I mean, there's, again, there's seed banks that exist all over the world. And a lot of time, the seed bank is is just interested in, in germoplasm, right? In that, that particular variety, that genetic, the genetics. And our seed bank is interesting um, for the fact that it's regional. So it's regionally focused. It does represent this kind of agricultural history of, of the people living in this region and how they cared for and selected these seeds. I think sometimes that is lost on the public that this is, you know, this is a long history of caring for these seeds. These seeds, obviously, there's histories of where they come from and they come from all over the world, but then they were cared for here regionally and developed and adapted. And that's why they're so unique. 
so I think that that's a really interesting aspect. I think that I am working hard to ensure that that the history of the organization is told that it was it was a, a history of concern for these seeds and the mission of the organization is to ensure that these seeds are available to the public that we're not just holding them here but that they are grown and saved and eaten and and also the culture of saving seeds that has to continue that that practice so that that's really important as we try to promote that the practice of saving seeds and and of people selecting when they themselves grow so that continuing that practice of selecting for for your tiny ecosystem right your backyard your farm your little pot whatever it is so understanding that 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 you're continuing a process of of interaction with a plant with a seed with a crop fantastic alexander zumesnik of native seeds thank you so much for joining me don't want to miss an episode be sure to subscribe for more information about native seeds visit nativeseeds.org for more information about arizona highways visit arizonahighways.com until next time Eat my words. <laughs>